Hey, it's Peter. If you've finished listening to the show and you're wondering what the heck just happened, then please join me this weekend for the first ever Instagram Wait Wait Q&A. I'll be live on Instagram Sunday, April 26th at 12 Central, 1 Eastern. The handle is at Wait Wait NPR. Submit questions on Instagram or ask them live in the chat. Looking forward to seeing how you youngsters do this thing. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is, wait, wait, don't tell me, the NPR News Quiz. Uh-oh, it's a global pandemic. I'm Bill Curtis, <laughs> and here is your host, probably wearing pants but no promises, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill, and thanks to our audience of the imagination. Although, honestly, after five weeks of this, I am starting to hallucinate that I can smell them. That is... <laughs> By the way, it was canned applause from the opening night of Hamilton. <laughs> we have a wonderful show for you today because later on, we're going to be talking to Allison Janney, who's famous for many things, but perhaps most for playing press secretary C.J. Craig in the West Wing, which has switched genres. Once it was a wonderful drama about an enlightened administration. Now it's science fiction. <laughs> we want to hear your statements first, so give us a call. The number is one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Hi, this is Elena from Pasadena, California. Hey, Elena. How are things in Pasadena? They're bright and sunny and um, pretty nice, considering. What do you do there in Pasadena? <laughs> so I work at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. I'm a scientist on the Curiosity rover. No kidding. <sighs> I follow that on wow. Twitter. So are you? Are you like? <laughs> controlling the rover? Is that one of your jobs when you say you work on it? Yeah, so I, I help the scientists plan what we're going to uplink every single day. Have you ever given it the instruction, please come and get me? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we will have to do that soon. It's the one safe place in the solar system. Can you make the rover roll over? <laughs> that costs $80,000. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the engineers would uh, would stop us from doing that. Yeah, it's a two and a half billion dollar rover. Don't do that. Don't do that. Well, Elena, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, it's the host of the daily podcast TBTL, as well as the public radio variety show Livewire. It's Luke Burbank. Hey, Elena. This is lost on you, but I put cologne on for this. Oh, thank you. Which, by the way, means you're in the danger zone. If you can smell someone's cologne, run. You are too close. Next, a contributor to CBS Sunday Morning, who will star off-Broadway in her own solo show, Approval Junkie, as soon as off-Broadway is a thing again. It's Faith Salem. <laughs> Hello, Elena. You are very cool. Oh, thanks. And finally, a correspondent for CBS Sunday Morning and the author of Mobituaries, Great Lives Worth Reliving, it's Mo Rocca. Hi, Elena. Um, I would say that I'm wearing a wife beater, but that's politically incorrect. I'm wearing a guinea tee. What? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you dodged that bullet, Mo. <laughs> so, Elena, you, of course, are going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read you three quotations from this week's news. If you can correctly identify or explain... Just two of them, you'll win our prize. Any voice from our show that you might choose for your voicemail. You ready to go? I'm ready. For your first quote, here is the mayor of Las Vegas talking to Anderson Cooper this week. We don't do bad things to people at all, ever. The mayor was insisting that despite her city's reputation as Sin City, only good things will happen to people once Vegas does what? Reopens. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> mayor Carolyn Goodman of Las Vegas says she's willing to let all the casinos and restaurants and bars in her city open for business despite the pandemic because, as they say, 
what happens in Vegas spreads to neighboring cities and then eventually across the country. Now, when she was asked about whether she wants Vegas to be part of a such dangerous test, she said, they used to test nuclear bombs here and that worked out okay. That's not a joke. She said that. The question isn't how she got elected to three terms. The question is, how is anybody in Las Vegas still alive? Uh, under her, just going to Vegas is playing Russian roulette. That's true. I mean, Las Vegas, the place where people notoriously make prudent and wise decisions. I speak as a person who frequents casinos. Like, don't leave it up to Casino Luke to decide how close <laughs> to the roulette table he should be. <laughs> And she and she she told Anderson Cooper in a CNN interview um, that she doesn't gamble. She used to gamble, but she doesn't gamble. And of course, she is gambling yes. with the lives of millions of people. <laughs> she became bored with the usual stakes. Why not gamble for the most dangerous game? <laughs> is this the same week that the gathering of the Juggalos was canceled? Like, yes. The insane clown posse yeah. has better public health awareness than the mayor of a major American city. <laughs> like Shaggy 2 Dope should be running Vegas at this point. That would be a better situation. But imagine how proud, though, Mayor Goodman will be when the Bellagio Casino and Hotel announces that the coronavirus has been booked for a three-month residency. <laughs> I should say that this is part of this weird movement across the country. People are holding protests against the lockdown, holding signs like lockdown sucks and I want a haircut and let me golf. You know what's old, tired thinking? Live free or die. You know what's hot? Live free and die. I think that's the tattoo that most people in Georgia are going to mm. get when the tattoo well, parlors well, open. Faith, you you have to defend this whole tattoo parlor policy in Georgia since you are a Georgian. What's going on? I just think, Mo, that people in the South are itching to bowl and we can't <laughs> hold that against them. But of all things to open up first, it's tattoo parlors and bowling alleys? Well, and pool halls. Well, no. They're trying to reopen Depression-era 1930 Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> Basically, the most important demographic in Georgia is sailors on shore leaves. <laughs> all right, Elena. Your next quote is from someone on Twitter. What if I just bought a barrel of it? Like, just to have it round? That was somebody thinking about investing in what now that it is incredibly cheap. That would be oil. You're right, Elena. Yes. Sweet crude. The price of a barrel of oil sunk below zero dollars. It got so cheap, it's priced negatively. People who have oil seriously have so much of it that they will pay you to take it off their hands. This has led to swarms of people rushing to Cushing, Oklahoma to pick it up. You know, with just bringing all their extra Tupperware. You get there to claim your hundred barrels of oil, and then you realize you forgot all the lids. <laughs> I have always been perplexed by one element of the oil trade, which is a certain kind of oil is always described as light, sweet, crude. Yeah, it sounds Who's good, Who's the it? guy who tasted it? <laughs> like, where did you know, we get the really? flavor notes of the oil from that now is part of the description? You've probably heard of this, that with prices so low, it's actually more expensive to buy a bottle of water than the same amount of crude oil. And that may be the solution. Just make crude oil into a health drink. It looks bad and it tastes terrible. Forget smart water. Try thick water. <laughs> I, I think that would turn some of us into some oilies. Oh. <laughs> So anyway, people are desperate to try to find some place to put all this oil. BP suggested just dumping it into the Gulf of Mexico, saying, quote, it's worked before. 
Oh. Tell you, you where you can deposit should... a shocking amount of oil. 16-year-old Luke Burbank's forehead. <laughs> I mean, man. Was it light and sweet, though? Uh, it was crude. I'll tell you that. Yes. All right, Elena, your last quote is from a psychologist talking about one of the burdens of our current moment. You're watching TV, but TV is also watching you. People are getting tired of their TVs watching them now that we're all meeting people. How? Over the internet. Yes, on Zoom. A new psychological study published this week proves what we have all been figuring out for ourselves. Zoom meetings are exhausting. Everybody looks shocked because they're all ignoring each other and staring at their own face and thinking, that must be a software glitch. I cannot look like that. (laughs) You can't look away from the screen. You can't lose focus because you don't know when all of a sudden somebody is going to ask you something. It ruins you for looking at any other screen. You watch Netflix and you worry... Bojack Horseman is going to look at you and ask for your take. <laughs> We've all become lighting designers, though, right? Yes, I mean, absolutely. Look- have Have any of you, assuming you've all been doing this, taken care to arrange the background? Oh, of completely. Your- yes. I mean, we're not animals, Peter. <laughs> so yeah. what have you? What have, I want to know what you've added and what you've removed, if anything. I mean, is there anything I, embarrassing you had to take? I, down? I've removed a lot of my stuffed animals because it starts to get a little bit creepy. <laughs> yeah. A little bit? Uh, I I have been tempted to look into maybe renting some small children to kind of walk behind me. <laughs> oh, it's adorable. <laughs> yeah. That's a business everybody opportunity. Everybody loves that. Bill, how did Elena do on our quiz? Well, Elena can tell the Mars rover she's perfect. Three and O. Oh. <laughs> Elena, congratulations. And, and thanks for the exciting work that you do. And I hope you find a way for us to follow the rover soon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Elena. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Luke, being in lockdown is hard, but Governor Andrew Cuomo is taking emergency measures to at least make it possible for people in New York to easily do what without leaving their homes? Huh. I'm not sure. Can I get a hint? Well, instead of sickness and in health, now it's just sickness. Oh, uh, so people can get married from home? Yes, exactly. If you... Can't think of anything more romantic than getting married near the same couch you work, eat, (laughs) sleep, and attend Zoom high school reunions from. Now, you can dial up an ordained minister on Zoom and do it remotely if you live in New York. It's basically a Vegas wedding, but now the sticky floors and old beer stink, they're all your fault. I think there's something very romantic, actually, about, about deciding in this moment that you, that you, the person that you're with in whatever residence you're in, you actually want to make it more serious with them. Because that is, I don't understand that logic, but I salute Well, it. I guess if you've been able to survive five weeks living inside <laughs> with another person, that person is the right person for you. I think we can say, right? You've passed the acid test. Yeah. I don't know. There's that seven-week itch <laughs> that we're all headed towards. So You so get Governor that if Cuomo, you go to Vegas right now, by the way. <laughs> I love it and the, the, all sorts of traditions will spring up you'll select your zoomsmen no <laughs> right for your wedding but I mean I, I I wish I could have gotten divorced by zoom that would have been a lot a easier zoom divorce you just log yeah. off right leave meeting the ultimate leave meeting <laughs> oh my god <laughs>
Coming up, nothing comes between me and my Bluff the Listener game. Call one triple eight wait wait to play. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Best Fiends. Have more time in your hands? Connect with family and friends and engage your brain with fun puzzles by downloading Best Fiends, the five-star rated mobile puzzle game with over 100 million downloads. The game is updated monthly, so there are always new levels to play, events to master, and cute characters to collect. And you can play without an internet connection. Download Best Fiends for free on the Apple App Store or Google Play today. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Let's play some games, everybody. Are you looking for the answer to life's funnier questions? There's naked, and then there's Canadian naked. (laughs) Every week, we blend comedy, trivia, and a special celebrity interview. All right, all right, all right. Ask Me Another from NPR. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Mo Rocca, Faith Saley, and Luke Burbank. And here again is your host from the beautiful Sagal Closet Auditorium and Theater, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Right now, it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener Game. Call one wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Nicole Kraft calling from Columbus, Ohio. Hey, how are things in Columbus, that capital city? Things are pretty good in Columbus. I'm glad to hear it. What do you do there when you're allowed to go do it? Hmm. <laughs> well, I'm actually so allowed to go do it. I'm a professor of communication at The Ohio State University, and we've been teaching remotely for the last five weeks. And how did you find teaching remotely as opposed to teaching, uh, I guess, face-to-face? Well, uh, it beat not teaching at all, and we tried to make it worth their while. We brought in really prominent guest speakers that would come in and zoom into our classes. Um, you didn't really ask cool. any of us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got nothing to do. <laughs> Well, it's really nice to have you with us, Nicole. You're going to play the game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what's Nicole's topic? Underwear saves the day. Underwear is a hero, according to a survey of a thousand pairs of jeans. This week, we heard a story of undergarments helping out in a new way. Our panelists are going to tell you about it. Pick the one who's telling the truth, and you'll win our prize, the weight waiter of your choice, on your voicemail. Are you ready to play? I am ready. All right, Nicole. Here we go. First, let's hear from Mo Rocca. The workers were under a tight deadline. Minnesota's Reardon summer camp was about to begin, but the pool's construction wasn't complete. To work round the clock, the laborers needed coffee, but they were out of coffee filters. Foreman Glenn Hershey had an idea. After debriefing his co-workers, he debriefed. That's right, he used his underwear as a coffee filter. Here's how it works. Drop a nice pile of coffee grounds into the seat of the underpants. As the pile begins (laughs) steaming, watch as the deep brown goodness seeps through into a waiting cup. Now, while this process will stain your underpants a deep brown, you can wear them afterward. That's what Glenn Hershey did proudly. Quote, as the parents began dropping the kids off at the pool, we all high-fived each other, and I felt so warm inside. Me? I'm never buying coffee filters again. Glenn Hershey, foreman on a construction project, tells us in great detail about using his underwear for a coffee filter. Your next story... 
of someone delegating to delegates comes from Faith Saley. There are a lot of benefits to having enough cleavage to fill a large brassiere. I mean, I guess. I would not know. But just ask Betsy Ross. Yes, that's her real name, and she lives in Visalia, California in 2020 and not Philadelphia in 1776. She and her family recently went to a local park to play pickleball, which is a paddle sport. Betsy discovered some smashed duck nests and one lone, slightly cracked egg. She called the local animal shelter, who told her they don't take eggs. But you know who does take eggs? Betsy Ross's bra. Betsy nestled that egg in her bosom. I carried it in my bra for 35 days and slept with it there as well, she says. I'm a plus-size girl, so it just kind of fit right in between my breasts. She learned the egg needed warmth and humidity, so she decided to just keep the egg where it was. My boobs sweat in heat, she explains. So all she had to do was rotate the egg four to five times a day and hand it to her husband when she showered, who presumably stood there feeling both nervous and left out. Betsy's bra proved to be an excellent substitute for a duck's rear because the duckling hatched. After spending such intimate time together, the wee fowl obviously didn't want to say goodbye to Betsy and her soft, lacy nest. She says, he would follow me, and when I left without him, my husband complained that he would sit and cry. They finally sent her waddling boob baby to a rescue farm. And I think we all know that if ducks could talk, this one would quack, thanks. Thanks for the mammaries. (laughs) Betsy Ross of Visalia, California, Hatching a duck egg in her bra. Your last story of underwear that went there comes from Luke Burbank. Lynn and Fam DeMort, a retired couple from Ypsilanti, Michigan, thought they were setting out for a relaxing day of canoeing on Lake Erie last week when things started to go awry. First, a strong wind blew them further out into the lake than they'd intended, at which point they also realized the canoe, which had been sitting in their garage for years, actually had a crack in it and was taking on water. To their relief, they limped the boat to Mouse Island, a tiny speck of land 10 miles offshore. Unfortunately, the island had no cell phone reception. Fortunately, it was once inhabited by a family of bootleggers, the Maguires, who were hiding out from the law. Their cabin had mostly collapsed, but in the debris, the DeMorts were able to find over 30 pairs of old-fashioned knickers, which had somehow been preserved, and then tie them together like a kite which is where old and new technologies collided. Literally, the kite managed to get tangled up in a drone that was flying overhead, and then the annoyed owner of the drone came by the island to retrieve it, and there they found the very cold, very tired, but unhurt DeMorts. Thank God thong underwear hadn't been invented back then, a shivering Lynn DeMort told a local paper when they reached shore, or we would have never been found alive. (laughs) All right. Here are your choices, Nicole, from Mo Rocca, a charming, lovely, and I would say even inspiring story of underwear used as a coffee filter. From Faith, a woman who hatched a duck egg by carrying it around in her bra for a month. And from Luke, how the DeMorts of Michigan saved themselves with some antique underwear they found on an island. Which of these is the real story of underwear saving the day? My husband's from Philadelphia, so I'm going to have to pick the one that says uh, that has Betsy Ross in it. So I'll go with number two. You're going to go with Betsy Ross. That, of course, is Faith's story of the woman who nurtured a baby duck 
in her own bra. Well, to bring you the correct answer, we actually spoke to the person who was saved by underwear. I actually had it in my bra for 33 days. I figured boob sweat, why not put it in there? That was Betsy Ross, the duck egg savior herself. Congratulations, Nicole. You got it right. You earned a point for faith. You've won our prize, the voice of your choice in your voicemail. Congratulations, Nicole. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for calling in and playing our games. She's just my baby, 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 one of a kind. Oh, how I love that sweet baby of mine. And now the game where people are rewarded for all their good work by having to work on something bad. It's called Not My Job. Alice and Jenny became famous playing a wonderful person, press secretary C.J. Craig in the West Wing. But she got her Oscar two years ago for playing a completely terrible person, Tanya Harding's mother in I, Tanya. Is she actually wonderful or is she terrible? It's time to find out. Alice and Jenny, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> I suspected that. So she's loved. Uh, I actually, <laughs> I, 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 I actually looked up. I hadn't seen it since it happened, but I looked up your Oscar acceptance speech for playing uh, Tanya's mother, and you began. You began with the greatest line I've ever heard. Could you repeat it for us now? So she gets up. She's in her beautiful gown. She wins an Oscar for best best supporting actress, and she says, "I did it all by myself." Oh, thank God. Which was great. And if you had had any any gumption, you would have turned and walked away. I know. I would have won that jet ski or whatever they were, they were offering <laughs> for the shortest acceptance speech. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, would have been, and I you would have, have been legend. It. I chickened out, but it would have been. You're uh, right. It would have been. It would have been uh, unforgettable. The, I, we always we, we're checking in with our guests. How are you doing, Alice and Janie, during all this? Listen, it's been an incredibly challenging time. Uh, I decided to come back to Ohio uh, to be with my folks to ride this through with them and and uh, t- and look after them. And felt I feel really really good about that decision. I mean, I, I was about to ask you if it was weird to walk around a city in Ohio as a nationally if internationally famous actress, but then I realized you're not walking around anywhere, are you? Nope, nope. I nope. mean, I go to the market, but nobody knows who I am because I got my mask on, I got my sunglasses, I got a hat on. No, you know, I'm I'm incognito everywhere I go so do you sometimes just have to ask your parents do you know who I am (laughs) (laughs) here let me take off my mask so we were talking about I Tanya that was an amazing role for which you won an Oscar and it was written specifically for you right Uh, yeah Stephen Rogers and I went to the neighborhood playhouse in New York City together back in the in the 80s and uh, he wrote that part knowing that I would uh, I would be able to Mm -hmm inhabit that kind of lady and make her uh, plausible i guess that's the right word real or um for those who haven't seen i tanya first of all what's wrong with you uh, secondly <laughs> the character that allison plays is uh, tanya's mother who is truly the worst mother ever committed to film and was it weird when someone says oh i wrote this part especially for you i thought of you the whole time i was writing it here you go allison and you were like thanks <laughs> I did thank him though because he knew I'd love. I like to take characters like that and make them human and make them um, uh, believable. And and having been a figure skater myself, I felt like I understood what a commitment it is for uh, for parents. Because my mother would get up at five uh, in the morning and take me to the ice rink before school. You were actually an ice skater when yes, you were growing I up. Yes, I wanted to be an Olympic figure skater. That was my wow. my dream. Were, so, and were you actually going to be? 
a you were like on that track you oh would god no your... i wasn't that good i was too <laughs> tall you know oh, what? okay it's an acrobatic sport i'm six feet tall I, the most i could do i could do a double sow cow and uh and a double flip two double jumps and that was it um yeah i was oh graceful god. though i could have been like torval and dean i could have been mm. you remember <laughs> and dean? Yes. oh yes i remember oh, torval and dean. They, were, they were just so beautiful i could have that's what i should have been i could have been an ice dancer that would have oh been my god i'd love this this is like on the waterfront but frozen over <laughs> <laughs> did you ever talk to tanya about your performance as her mother and if so what did she say yeah she was the one who guided me in my performance i i, I couldn't believe that someone could be this horrible to their daughter, but she uh, this was straight. These were her stories, and she basically helped me have the confidence to step into it and believe. Just you know, it was it was uh, it was hard to do to Margot Robbie, though. It was interesting as a, as an actor trying to figure out how to you know be incredibly mean to her and and just yeah, we're going to jump into a scene now, and you're going to throw a knife at Margot Robbie and go. <laughs> 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 it's just so bizarre what we do. I do want to ask you about Bad Education, which is the movie that's coming out on HBO this weekend. Uh, who was more of a prima donna to work with, the parrot from Itania or Hugh Jackman? Oh, Hugh Jackman. Biggest just prima donna. <laughs> he is the loveliest. Yeah, the, the parrot wins prima donna, hand, hands down. Scene-stealing prima donna. Hugh Jackman is a delightful, playful, and 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 you know, accessible and, and generous. And he's just wonderful. He would, you know, and he did, he's the kind of guy that thinks about everyone and, and brings everyone scratchies on Friday, the whole crew and buys everyone. Just, just a really generous would guy. You, you, a guy like you want to work with. Little lotto scratch cards. Is that what you mean by scratchies? Little lotto yeah, scratch little, cards. Yeah, a lot of scratch cards. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what you call people that. To play. That's, that's, that's very sweet. Let me ask, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Would you, before there's a, a coronavirus vaccine, would you film a sex scene with Hugh Jackman? <laughs> <laughs> um yes well, Allison, your parents are downstairs keep it down when you're talking about this no they can't they're, i'm on the third floor then she's there on the first floor i was yeah, not yeah. i would not i was so disappointed to not get to walk a red carpet with hugh jackman i was finally going to walk down a red carpet with a mm. with a with a oh, man sure. taller than me and it was um it was going to be um a lovely moment for me but we we did just speak recently. We had to do a little virtual red carpet and a, um, um, like this, and I was dressed exactly what I'm wearing right now. And uh, we, uh, who, we just who, who are you wearing? Is um, that a target? <laughs> I actually I'm wearing my mother's cardigan, and I'm wearing. Um, <laughs> I'm who serious. are you wearing, my mother? I'm wearing, Is my mother's cardigan a hip designer my in LA? Mother's cardigan. I'm wearing a T-shirt I've worn for three days, and it I do not smell so good right now and i fancied it up with this little gold necklace and, yeah. and, oh my goodness and yeah. you should have you should have your father just off camera as the security guard for your necklace <laughs> i have one uh, last uh, question uh, for you before we uh, go into the game and it just occurred to me so you're in your parents house is this the house where you grew up no okay maybe this still happens is there anywhere in the house a shrine to to allison janney because you're an acclaimed award-winning actress if wouldn't your parents like put up pictures of you in the red carpet and copies of your awards and stuff like that? You know, there are a few, there are a bit, but I have, you know, um, there are other people that the fan and the family that want to give equal, equal time, equal, you know, spacing in the house uh, to, to, to other siblings. Um, no one cares so, about Tim's Amway career. 
<laughs> I just remember calling my mother and father and telling them I got nominated for my first Emmy and, and my mother and father were up in Vermont and she said, well, that that's lovely, honey, but your father and I are dealing with a septic system right now, so we'll call you back. And I was just like, well, I'm always very grounded here in Ohio. Well, Alice and Janney, it's a delight to talk to you, but we have asked you here to play a game that this time we're calling Bad Education Meet Dad Education. You hmm. start in Bad Education. We're going to ask you about dad education, the wonderful things that we've learned from and about dads. Answer two out of three of these correctly. You'll win a prize for one of our listeners, the voice of anyone they may choose from our show. Bill, who is Alice and Janney playing for? Kevin Crawford of Newark, New Jersey. All right, here's your first question. All right. World champion swimmer Santo Condorelli says his dad is the secret to his success. He didn't start winning until his father did what before every race? A, gave him the middle finger. B, shouted, win or drown, or C, swam the lane first to, quote, make a groove. Give him the middle finger. <laughs> exactly right. Yes. You were so sure about it. I was. <laughs> All right. Here's your next question. A local politician in Arkansas may regret teaching his son the ins and outs of politics after the teenager did what? A, created a fake super PAC that flooded the airwaves with negative ads and drove his father from office. B, bought the local paper and vowed to give his dad no mercy. Or C, hired a well-connected lobbyist to pressure his dad for more allowance. That one. No, it was B. 19-year-old Hayden Taylor bought the Central Delta Argus Sun and said he'd give his dad no mercy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you have one last chance. If you get this right, you win. Okay. Now, some dads have kids who are very quick learners. For example, as a young boy, Stephen Hawking's son was able to do which of these? A, he secretly added swear words to his dad's speech program. B, he programmed <laughs> his dad's wheelchair to do surprise donuts. Or C, he created a unified theoretical framework of physics that fully explains everything in the universe. Hmm. Well, I just got to say, I hope it's the first one. And you're right. Yes, he <laughs> added swear words to his dad's speech program. <laughs> Bill, how did Alice and Janney do in our quiz? She wins another Oscar because two out of three <laughs> at Wait Wait is a win, a big win. Yeah, congratulations, Alice, yeah. and your your parents are going to be so happy. You've got to tell them they're going to be just bowled over. They're just not. No, they're going to they're going to kick me out of the attic. Is what they're going to do. Alice and Janney's new film is Bad Education. It's streaming on HBO starting this very weekend. Thank you so much, Allison. What Thanks. a pleasure to thank you, Allison. You're the best. We're a big fans. We'll see you when we're all allowed outside. Well, you can give me everything that a man could give his boy. You can show me what you know and you can feel my heart with joy. Cause you're the daddy. Yeah, you're the daddy. Well, you can teach me how to laugh and you can teach me how to cry. Cause you're the daddy. In just a minute, it's a small world after all in our listener limerick challenge. Call one wait wait to join us in the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Kohler. Attaching directly to your toilet using basic household tools, a Kohler bidet seat offers adjustable features ranging from warm water cleansing and warm air dryer to a heated seat. You'll also enjoy automatic air freshening and ambient nighttime light. Kohler invites you to visit Kohler.com slash bidet. Enter Kohler30 at checkout to save 30% on in-stock bidet seats. Saturday morning, your week was long, your time is precious, but 
I'm going to take 10 minutes to catch up on some of the biggest news stories with Up First, NPR's morning news podcast. I'm Scott Simon. And I'm Lulu Garcia-Navarro. Up First, here at weekday mornings and now every Saturday at 8 Eastern 2. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Luke Burbank, Mo Rocca, and Faith Saley. And here again is your host, the man who puts the sweat in pants, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. <laughs> I could see that through find the out about camera, that, too. That is a true statement. In just a minute, Bill actually prefers working remotely in our listener Oof. limerick challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait that's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. But right now, panel, it's time for that public service segment of our show. Wash your hands with Bill. All it takes is twenty seconds of soap and hot water to clean your hands thoroughly. To help you out this week, Bill Curtis is going to sing us an ode to what has become his favorite quarantine food. Get out your can opener. I get knocked down, but I get up. I'm so strong from eating beans. I get knocked down, but I get up. I get hungry from eating beans again. It's dinner time. You know what that means? I'm going to always eat these beans. I get knocked down, but I get up. It's beans, 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 beans. Oh, Billy boy loves his beans, needs his beans. It's not that funny, Faith. No. <laughs> thank you, Chumbawamba. Thank you, Goya brand beans. And as always, thank you, Bill. We needed that as a nation. We did. Oh, man. Now, panel, it is time for some more questions for you from this week's news. Faith, authorities in Tampa, Florida, found someone violating the lockdown orders and exercising in a public park. Who was it? Oh, um, that guy, Tom Brady. Exactly, Tom (laughs) Brady. The mayor of Tampa said park staff found somebody running around a closed park without a care in the world, and it turned out to be the former Patriots superstar, who's now playing for, oh, What's their name? It's something to do with the ocean. It'll come to him in a minute. Mr. Brady wasn't arrested or cited, and it's unclear how many times he just dumbly repeated, but I'm Tom Brady. (laughs) And then later in the week, and this is true, Tom Brady just walked into a stranger's house and dropped his bags because he got confused and had wandered into the wrong house. Well, to be fair, he is new to Tampa, and he's used to the Massachusetts state law, that says Tom Brady can do anything he wants. You guys <laughs> might have talked about this last week, but uh, you saw that, that that Tom Brady's company uh, is seeking to trademark the name Tampa Bay, right? I I saw that. We did not discuss Are, it. Uh, they Tampa Bay. They want to be able to sell shirts that say Tampa Bay. But he's renting Derek Jeter's house currently. Yes, like that's I true. promise you there's a yard you can do right. burpees in. Or whatever yes. drill it Tom does, Brady it, was it running. It does seem strange. Maybe like one of his one of his patented exercises requires a swing set. We don't know. <laughs> Mo, despite the Boston Marathon being canceled this last week, one runner ran it anyway in a tribute to the city. She used her GPS to run her 26 miles and a route through Boston to spell out Boston Strong when you looked at it on a map. 
There was one problem, though. What? She misspelled Boston Strong. You're exactly right. She was trying to run a route that spelled out Boston Strong. If you looked at it on a map, the woman instead gave the rallying cry of Boston Strong. <laughs> now, she got a lot of ridicule online for this, but is what the woman did really so wrong? <laughs> it's hard to do a Boston accent. Maybe she was yeah. trying to, to spell it phonetically or something. It's true. Once she realized her mistake, she immediately screamed out, Funk! <laughs> when did it get figured out that she had she had misspelled her route? I think as soon as she uploaded it to a service like Strava, uh-huh. which maps people's routes, and like there it was. The runner says that next year, once this is all behind us, she's very excited to run the official Boston Marathon. <laughs> <laughs> Strog sounds like a like a a Patriots player. What's his name? Gronk. Yeah, Gronk. Well, yeah. I guess he's not yeah. on the no. Patriots anymore, right? No. Strog. He's now heading to Tampa Bay. <laughs> Or as this woman would put it, Tomp Bay. Right. I would run more marathons if I was allowed to choose how many letters were in them, i.e. distance. (laughs) Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call or leave a message at 1-888-WAIT-WAIT. That's 1-888-924-8924, or click the Contact Us link on our website. That's waitwait.npr.org. And if you want more Wait, Wait in Your Week, just check out the Wait, Wait quiz for your smart speaker. It's out every Wednesday with me and Bill asking you questions all in the comfort of your home. The Wait, Wait quiz. It's what passes for entertainment these days. (laughs) Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Lori Siegel from Durham, North Carolina. Oh, okay. And what do you do in Durham when you're allowed to do it? I teach elementary school music. Oh, my gosh. You teach all, all grades yeah. in elementary school? Kindergarten through fifth grade, yes. Oh, and, and which, which grade do you like the best? <laughs> I'm not supposed to say, am I? A secret. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to hear this. They're listening to Baby Shark somewhere. That's true. Uh, third grade, I think, is my favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. The fourth graders are going to be so mad. <laughs> Lori, <laughs> welcome to the show. Bill Curtis is now going to read you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly, and two of the limericks will be a winner. You ready to play? I am. All right. Here is your first limerick. He's jumped past the fast track line, whizzing free. He's the king of the theme park now, isn't he? But one thing is tricky. No Donald, no Mickey. He's roaming alone there in... About, is it about the Tiger King? No, no. <laughs> oh, no. A completely different kind of attraction. <laughs> let me let me try one more time. He's jumped past the fast track line, whizzing free. He's the king of the theme park now, isn't he? But one thing is tricky. No Donald, no Mickey. He's roaming alone there in... Lori, think of it as the emptiest place on earth. Disney. Disney, yes. Disney. Congratulations. (laughs) California police were called after a man scaled the fence into Disneyland. The man enjoyed 10 beautiful minutes alone in the park, which was just enough time for him to regret paying extra for the fast pass. And it turns out it was Tom Brady. (laughs) He just wanders around. buried the lead on that one, Segel. (laughs) All right, here is your next limerick. Crime's contagious. You can't shake it off ya. Even COVID can't make the mob 
Loftia. Since Italy's lockdown keeps all of the cops down, the quarantine's good for the... Mafia. Yes! Well, the... You gave you a rhyme you can't refuse. While the global economy is struggling, the Italian mafia apparently is thriving. So good news if you're out of work because of the pandemic. There's going to be a lot of new jobs in the kneecapping industry. According to various reports, the mafia is, quote, <laughs> cementing their power during the pandemic, which is a nice change from their usual cementing a dude into cement. <laughs> Here is your last limerick. As you're out and about catching rays... You could wander in hedges for days. A new park we're designing that's just like The Shining. Our park will be one giant... Maze. Exactly right. Urban planners in Austria have created a new city park concept designed to keep visitors six feet apart at all times. The park is basically a giant labyrinth made of hedges, which is a great way to avoid strangers and a terrible place to play fetch with your dog. The design has already attracted some attention. Who wouldn't want to go to a park where everybody has to stay away from you? And a park focused on keeping away from other people is an improvement over our current parks where you're focused on keeping away from the trash cans full of bees. I... That sounds very ominous to me because everything I know about hedge mazes is from the end of The Shining. Yes. And from what I remember, it doesn't end great. For Jack Torrance. No, I don't think The Shining made people want to go either to mountain resorts in the winter or into hedge mazes. Bill, how did Lori do in our quiz? Lori got them all right. Three and oh, Lori. Congratulations yay. and well done. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was a musical yay, Thank by the you. way. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Support for Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me and the following message comes from Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety, and you can set up the whole system by yourself. With Simply Safe's award winning protection, you'll have highly trained security experts ready to notify police at a moment's notice, and there are no contracts. Get free shipping on your order plus a 60 day money back guarantee at simplysafe.comslash wait. Hey, now it's time for our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as they can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Mo has two, Luke has three, and Faith has three. That means that, Mo, you're in third place, so you go first. The clock will start when I begin your first question, fill-in-the-blank. On Wednesday, officials from Blank said they'd successfully launched a military satellite into orbit. Iran? Yes. On Tuesday, the Senate Intelligence Committee released a report confirming that blank did indeed interfere in the 2016 election. Russia. Right. On Thursday, President Trump suggested that coronavirus could be cured by injecting blank. Uh, A disinfectant. Right, or bleach. Do not actually do this, America. Too late. On Monday, (laughs) Israeli Prime Minister blank announced he had reached a deal to form a unity government with his rival, Benny Gantz. Netanyahu. Right. During an interview for the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, President Barack Obama was identified only as blank. Um, Former Chicagoan. Yes. Workers at online giant blank held a nationwide sick out to demand more virus protection. Uh, Amazon. Right. In what may be a first, two brothers in Florida were charged with DUI for blanking. Um, For, um, they were, they were... They were in separate cars, and no. they were drunk. No, no, actually, you got it exactly wrong. They were both charged with DUI for driving the same car 
at the same time. Never been done before. The brothers were pulled over for reckless driving and one stumbled out of the car after putting it in park. But before officers could get to the car, the brother in the passenger seat slid over and tried to throw the car into reverse, getting him a DUI charge as well. It's inspiring. You know what they say? The family that drunk drives together is most likely from Florida. Bill, how did Mo do in our quiz? <laughs> Mo had six right, 12 more points, total of 14 and the lead. All right, I'm going to arbitrarily choose Luke to go next, because who cares? Peter, we're having a little bit of a slow connection. If you can read these slowly, you're going to hear what sounds like me typing things into Google, <laughs> but that's just <laughs> the connection. That uh, Don't bother yourself with that. All right, Luke, you're up next. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, the Senate passed a new $484 billion blank relief package. Small business. Yeah, good enough for the coronavirus. According to a report released on Thursday, U.S. blank claims have now hit 26 million. Jobless. Right. This week, the entire U.S. box office draw came from blank. Uh, online sales? A single drive-in theater in Florida. On Thursday, <laughs> late-night sketch comedy institution Blank announced it would air another remote show this weekend. Saturday Night Live. Yes, indeed. Due to the pandemic, German authorities announced they were canceling this year's Blanktoberfest. Och. <laughs> yes, Oktoberfest. A construction crew working in Colorado hit an underground cable on Tuesday, knocking out service to blank. The one drive-in movie theater still operating. No, they knocked out service to the call-before-you-dig hotline, <laughs> which, of course, exists to mark essential utility lines before construction begins, but someone must have ignored that step, which led to a crew slicing into a fiber-optic cable and shutting the hotline down throughout Denver. The city says utility crews are working to repair the damage, but without the hotline, have only so far succeeded in shutting down everyone's water and electricity. Wow. Bill, how did Luke do in our quiz? Peter Luke got four right for eight more points, total of 11. He's in second place behind Mo. So how many then does Faith need to win? Faith needs six to win. <laughs> All right, Faith. This is for the game. Here we go. On Wednesday, Nancy Pelosi delayed a planned rule change that would allow the House to blank remotely. Uh, vote. Right. New polls out this week showed blank leading Trump in three battleground states. Joe Biden. Right. In an escalation of tensions with Beijing, U.S. warships entered the disputed waters of the blank this week. Of the China Seas. Yes. The South China Sea. Health officials in Milwaukee say at least seven people were infected with COVID-19 after Wisconsin held in-person blanking in early April. Voting. Yes. A man in Indiana who was arrested for leading police in a high-speed chase in his Mustang explained he didn't stop because blank. Uh, he didn't want to get infected by the police. No, because he thought the troopers just wanted to race. On Monday, popular burger chain Blank announced they would return the $10 million loan they received from the Small Business Rescue Fund. Shake Shack. Right. This week, entertainment conglomerate Blank announced they were furloughing 100,000 workers. Disney. Yes. Tired of residents breaking quarantine, lawmakers in Indonesia have started punishing people by blanking. Ock. <laughs> no, by forcing them to stay in a haunted house. Oh. Ghosts, specters, and hauntings play a big part in Indonesian folklore, which is why officials have started to punish anyone caught breaking lockdown by forcing them to spend the rest of their quarantine in a haunted house. Of course, after weeks of this, a lot of people said, yeah, the undead are scary, but how's the Wi-Fi in there? <laughs> Bill, did Faith do well enough to win? Peter, Faith did win. Six right, 12 more points. 15 is the total that wins this week. Congratulations, Faith. Thank you. I spent all day schooling my children and not myself, so <laughs> that is quite a surprise. 
In just a minute, we are going to ask our panelists to predict, now that we're all tired of Zoom, what will be the next big advance in communication. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godica writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Gianna Capadona. Our intern is Emma Day. Our web guru is Beth Novi. B.J. Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Our oil baron is Peter Gwynn. Technical direction is from Lorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production manager, that's Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillog. And the executive producer of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is Michael Danforth. And we want to wish a very happy birthday to our number one fan, Lynn Pham, the keeper of the Wait, Wait stats page. He turns 40 this week. Happy birthday, Lynn. We love you, Lynn. Love you. Bravo. Now, panel, what will be our next new form of communication? Luke Burbank. Standing in our yards holding up those signs everyone's moms like to put up. Live, laugh, love. Ha, ha, ha. You had me at Merlot. <laughs> Faith Thanks, Sailing. Darren. I've been uh, reading a lot of Harry Potter with my kids, and I think that the best way to capture how we feel these days is to communicate by howlers. And Mo Rocca. Introducing Peachy Keen Career Service. Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia will volunteer the senior citizens of his state to run messages and errands for all those wusses in other states who are sheltering in place. Patriots. And if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Luke Burbank, Faith Saley, and Mo Rocca. Thanks to all of you for listening from whatever shelter you're placed in. I am Peter Sagal, and we'll be back with you next week. This is NPR.